to the rap lab. Walk, walk, walk to the rap lab. What's going on, everybody? It's Sunday, so you know what that means. It's a new episode of the Rap Lab Podcast. It's your boy, the Candyman, the A-L-F-R-E to the D. And ain't no father like me, Queen's best kept secret, the Rev Barber MC. And uh, me and E, we kicking it as a tag team for the second straight week. Uh, of course, QG's on hiatus, but, uh, you know, we, we, we got him on the dome, and he'll be back sooner than later. So, shout, uh, out, shout out, QG. Yep. We riding with you. Keep your head up. And um, also, just want to let everybody know, like we always been saying for the last couple of months, June 25th through the 27th, we're going to be in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Oh, Boardwalk yeah. Buds Convention. Uh, $100 gets you into the convention for the entire weekend. You get six wrestling shows, uh, two MMA, two comedy shows, one MMA show. You get uh, a herbal-themed uh, game night. You get speed dating. You get access to a whole bunch of food trucks. They're going to have soul food. They're going to have barbecue. They're going to have sliders, burgers, dogs, all that stuff. Um, there's going to be a dessert truck. There's going to be a chimpanzee in a suit smoking a cigar on the boardwalk, <laughs> uh, which I'm going to make sure uh, I give that, that, that chimp a rap lab shirt. <laughs> um, and uh, for those of you wrestling fans out there, Val Venus from back in the day. Val Venus is going to be out there, so... Something to look forward to for everybody. We're going to have a table up. We're going to be uh, selling merch. We're going to uh, have exclusive mix CDs for those of y'all who still got some way to play CDs. So uh, drop by, smoke one, roll one, pass one, puff one, and come by and say hi or get high. So yeah, <laughs> we see you out there. Uh, on to the topic of today's program, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, me and E are going to discuss our favorite underrated albums albums that don't get as much play as they should albums that are good but for one reason or another you probably didn't want to listen to so uh e for the people out there can you give your definition of what underrated means underrated album basically like you said ben just something that has not been getting any burn or just not the first thing that flies off when you think of like a classic or a good album just something that'll make you go hmm yeah you know that was pretty good, or, hey, I got to check that out. Now, let me ask you a question, because I've had debates previously in the past. Can something be underrated but still a classic? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I, I, I feel like it definitely can be. I mean, but people always have different, like, judgment systems of what classics are. But I feel something can definitely be underrated and be a classic. And, um... The albums we're going to bring up today, again, for one reason or another, either flew under the radar, the people didn't want to listen to it, or it just had no promotion, or we just ain't know who the fuck the artist was. Mm -hmm. But 
Uh, e, start us off. Your 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 first uh, underrated album. So speaking of who the fuck the hell this artist is, <laughs> I'm gonna go with my man Smooth the Hustler. Ah, from the from the nineties, man. Some people may not know Smooth the Hustler, but they definitely definitely know Broken Language. At least the instrumental. That instrumental has been used in movies, a lot of hip hop movies, of course. In a can lot you, of backdrops. Can you can you tell the people what movies the the instrumental was in? If I'm not mistaken, I thought um, Broken Language was in Eight Mile, but I've heard it in the backdrop in a lot of '90s movies. And um, if you just either YouTube or I don't even know if they got it on Title or Spotify, but Broken Language. And if you hear that, once you hear that drop, you're like, oh yeah, 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 I've heard that, I've heard that. Maybe even a couple of uh, clubs or battle raps. If y'all attended any, y'all might have heard this beat because this is definitely a big popular um, instrumental that they use for battle rapping too. And um, let me ask you a funny story because, like you told me before you joined the show, mm-hmm. and like a lot of other people tell me, like they listen to Rap Lab because we're knowledgeable, right? And like we yep. know a lot. But I don't know if you remember, but you and I were texting one day, and you asked me about Smooth the Hustler, and I was like, "Who?" And you were yeah. surprised because usually I know everything. So you found yeah. something I didn't know. But can you tell the people out there why you think, um, outside of just the one song, why you think the the album is is, is good and why why if you think it might have flown under the radar? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's not get it twisted. You know, I am a hip-hop historian, just like you guys. This is why I always say, like, we kind of do, like, the Mighty Ducks, like the Flying V, and I kind of just came in, like, fit perfectly. Um, this is an album that I actually had on cassette. And then later on, bought on, on CD. It came out in 1996. It's called Once Upon a Time in America is the album. And um, it had cuts like Hustlin', which um, was the main single there. That actually might catch some ears, too, if they hear that cut. And, you know, some people might remember that joint. Um, a good song, My Brother, My Ace. They actually had a video with, um, for that one as well with Trigger the Gambler who is uh, Smooth Hustler's brother and is uh, prominent, prominently on the album Dollar Bill which is another great song there that album is uh, 15 tracks and for me it was just a you know excuse the pun but a smooth listen throughout the course of, of, of its play these guys are from Brownsville so they do have like a lot a lot of rough gutter stuff going on through the album um, why I liked it it touched a lot on the government. It touched a lot on politics. And it most definitely touched on the streets. The lyricism was great. You know, no, it didn't need no punchlines. It didn't need no metaphors, nothing like that. It was straight to the point. It just painted an amazing picture, even from the intro. The intro had, um, it had him and his mom, actually him when he was younger, and through the course of the album, you'll hear his mother on the album, too, like talking to him, um, kicking some knowledge, giving him some gems. And it pretty much paints a picture of how it is to grow up not only in Brooklyn, but America as a young black man and all the struggles that he's went through. Even if it is trying to find a job and not getting hired, he touches on a lot, a lot of deep topics on this album. OK, OK, OK. And um, so you you think this is something that everybody should just uh, every self-proclaimed hip hop head should give a chance? Two hundred percent. And if you can find it, because it actually was taken off shelves because he had a lyric on there where he um called himself the Virgin Mary fucker. That was on um Broken Language, and um he said a couple other uh, uh pretty uh controversial lyrics on there as well, which got this album removed for a while. I think it might be out of print, but if you guys could find it either on eBay or you guys could try your luck with Spotify too. Matter of fact, I'm actually on title looking it up. Uh, let's see. Can we find it digitally? That's the that's the important thing. You said Smooth the Hustler, right? Oh, yeah. They got it on Spotify. Yep. Smooth the Hustler. It's actually spelled S-M-O-O-T-H-E, duh, D-A, Hustler. Yeah, he's on uh Yeah, he's on he's on uh he's on title as well. Good. Once a, once upon a time in America, yeah. Yeah. Check check that one out because that definitely is a gem right there. It's a good listen to from front to back. It's one of my favorites of all time. It definitely was one of my go-tos. Oh shit, he he was signed to Arista? 
Oh, yeah. fuck. Pro- yep, Profile. Ar- Arista was, uh, they used to distribute bad boys. So that's some shit. All right. Yeah, actually had a big L in his video, Moni Love. A lot of the old school guys, um, they fucked with him. Dog Pound. Dog Pound 2 was a big fan of him. Ice uh-huh. T. Did not know that. I'm learning something new every day. <laughs> All right. So I get. I guess it's on me. So let me ask you a question, E, if you don't mind. Now, if I told you that on one album, Jay Dilla, The Beat Nuts, Large Pro, and DJ Clark Kent all produced it without telling you who the features was or who the artist was, just from a production standpoint, you'd think that shit would be tight, wouldn't you? Of course. So... I'm going to go to Virginia in 1996 for this one, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we all know Skills is the homie that does the, the yearly wrap-up in a freestyle. Yep. And that's what he's been known for every year, January 1st. He does, oh, no, December 31st. He releases a freestyle where he recaps the year in rap. But what a lot of people don't know is he was actually a proper studio album rapper once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Before he was simply skills, the man was known as Mad Skills. And his debut album, From Where, I think is an album that should have gotten way more play than it did. Mm-hmm. But you know what hurt his album from the very beginning? What's that? Does the does the date February 13th, 1996 have any meaning to you? Mm-hmm. Rings a bell. So, February 13th, 1996 was the day that Skills dropped his album. But on that same day, All Eyes on Me by Pac mm. and, the, and the score by the Fugees all dropped on the same day. Mm. Yeah. That's a now, hard one to contend with. Now, if you look at his track listing, right? He's even got Q-Tip on a feature, right? So the name of the album is From Where with three question marks. It's out of print. I was one of the lucky ones to get one when they... Because re- they... You, I don't know if anybody's familiar with Traffic Entertainment, but for a long, for like a good stretch of like five or six years, they were putting out re-releases of rare and hard-to-find rap albums. Mm. So they put this was one of the ones they had put back out for a limited time. But um, yeah, man, this guy had um, he had Dilla produce the Beat Nuts, Buck Wild, Large Professor, and DJ Clark Kent. Um, and I guess the fact that he was from Virginia, because we talked about this on previous episodes. Like, Virginia, up until, like, when Missy and Timbo and Magoo, before they came along, Virginia wasn't really no no place for a rapper to come from. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, Virginia didn't fully blow up until grinding in the clips, because, you know, every lunchroom table in every school in America was was had, had the grinding beat banged on it. But, um, yeah, like, skills, like, if you go and listen to this album, as a matter of fact, let me see if it's on Apple Music. Oh, it's actually on Spotify. It is. So, yeah, like, this album, I, I if you're a real hip-hop head, then I honestly think that you should take some time and, like, listen to this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even though, even though I noticed on title is incorrect, they got the release date as January 1st, 95, but then in the copyrights, it says copyright 1996 Atlantic mm. recording. But um, the best song he had on there was uh, Move Your Body, which... Um, I don't remember the name of the sample of the song. That the one with Q-Tip? Yes, that's the song with Q-Tip. I remember that. But, um, yeah, that, that song was, was hard. Uh, Q-Tip also features on um, Extra Abstract Skills. Him and Large Professor drop verses. Nice. So, yeah, man, like, this album super, super, super slept on. Like, oh, man, I, I, I have so much praise for this album. And, like, none of his music ever did well commercially. Right, yeah. But at the same time, like, again, like, the, his lyricism is on point. And I feel like that's a theme with the 90s. Like, until, like, the South took over in the in the late 90s, like, before the, all these East Coast heads, they, 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 were pri- they prided themselves on lyricism and wordplay. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other single, The Nod Factor, like... Okay, I know that one. All, all dope. Like, and if you're going to listen to Move Your Body and You in the Whip, I know we was talking about what we bumped last week when we in the Whip. But if you listen to Move Your Body in the Whip, you got to turn that bass up and turn the volume up. <laughs> Word. But, nah, I, I think everybody should, um, should, and well, 
I know I'm saying Jay Dilla, but he was known as JD at the time. But like the production is the production is on point. I just wish he would have. I just wish he would have had more features than just Q-Tip. But and it's crazy yeah, yeah. because he had Q-Tip uh, uh, on this album through large, and he was this guy was never on any tribes tribe stuff. So yeah, maybe it was missing that like big feature acclaim. I mean, but it is hard to contend with um, All Eyes on Me, man. Bro, he, he dropped the same day as two classics. Like, that's that's rough, man. Yeah. I know I, everybody was running to get that Pac album. It's almost... It, I know that the two situations are not the same, but it's like it's like when Jay-Z dropped on 9-11 with, with the first take... Uh, with the first blueprint. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. The, but, but it's Jay-Z. Jay-Z was going to sell regardless. Mm-hmm. But for, for an artist who nobody really knew like that, his record label should have either dropped a week earlier or or, or pushed it back a week because according agree. to according to my research of what I'm looking at now, uh, the following week, February 20th, because albums used to drop on Tuesday back in the day. Yep. Fe- February 20th, 96, nothing hip hop related dropped. So he could have waited a week. He probably would have fared a little bit better. But uh, somebody probably walked into Sam Goody and it said hot new releases. Everybody left the skills album on the shelf and took the pocket foodies. Yeah, and then his cover, it doesn't really show his face. It's just him, like, kind of covered yeah, jacket, you know? That's another thing. And, and images, even though the back cover, his face is exposed, but mm-hmm. ain't nobody really going to probably pick that up and turn the CD around. Right. And, and, and you're right, because we live in a world, visuals is everything. True. But, yeah, if everybody... And by the way, folks, um, all these albums we're talking about... We we sincerely we don't we, we're not gonna tell you to try to go go on eBay or Amazon and cop the CD for like eighty dollars as a collector's yeah, item. Yeah, no, not for that much. But but at least go on your streaming service, Spotify, Apple, Title, and and give and give these a listen. But um, all right, E, your your next one. All right, so we're gonna stay in Brownsville, Brooklyn, and go with MOP First Family for Life. Ooh, I you think know you, re- you recently copped that I one. I recently didn't? got that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's oh, another man. one that I actually had on cassette and CD. It was so good that I had to buy it on CD once I got my CD player. But First Family for Life, man, that right there, 18 tracks, it takes you through a tour of Brownsville there, man. One Bro. of my favorite tracks is uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. I don't know if um any of y'all got to catch that uh, Streets is Watching movie. Absolutely. JT. Yeah, that actually played in the backdrop there when it was coming out of the motel. Um, downtown swinging ninety eight. How you uh, how you, Primo, how, huh? how you feel about handle your business? Oh man, handle your business was dope. I actually did not like the rock remix that they came out with, but I liked the um the album version. They actually had a um a single where you had the rock remix, you had um the um the album cut. The rock remix it, it was all right. I personally like um the album uh, version way better. Downtown Swingin' 98 actually was one of the dopest songs there for me because they had did two um two previous Downtown Swingers, which was the original Downtown Swinger, which came out in 94. Then there was a 96 one, which was on the, the album before this one. And then the 98 was um their finale. And Primo had did the track there. He did a couple of tracks on this album. Um, one of my favorites was um the outro New York Salute. It just, it just wrapped up the album well. You know, they talk about beautiful city of new york here and like you know what not to do and how to come correct and for my workout heads it got four long blaze which featured jay-z which actually got some spins on hot 97 back in the day and one of my favorite tracks which was also on the streets is watching soundtrack fly nigga hill figure those two right there make you run through a wall so do your sets do your push-ups your pull-ups you throw those two on right there not to mention, uh, I always thought Salute Part 2 with Gangstar was a very oh, underrated song. Man, actually, you know what, man? This this album, I could listen to from front to the end. Even um the joint with OC. That's one of my favorite joints there, too. Yeah, Down For Whatever. Down For Whatever, yep. I will give a warning, because I have three M.O.P. albums to my in my personal collection. I got To The Death, First Family For Life, and Warriors. And I will tell people... You you can't be if you're easily offended. Mop is not for you because they are gangster, gutter, and gritty. Three G's. Yeah, yeah. Also, they have a uh, Heather B on my kind of nigga part two. And that's interesting because she was from Boogie Down Productions, and 
Like, I, that's that's interesting that she was on that song. Now that I think about it. Yeah, that was actually her song. And then they uh, made the part two for uh, this album, which is pretty dope. And they actually got a uh, Tretch from Naughty by Nature on Brooklyn Jersey, Get Wild. That was towards the end of the album. I, I like I like the and I like the way the album finishes because it kind of finishes like almost on a feel good note, like with that song and the New York salute. Right, right. And I think honestly, MOP, you not even just underrated albums, but you want to talk about underrated groups. Like MOP, I feel like they could have accomplished so much more. But like when they got the G Unit, Fifty didn't do nothing oh, with them. Man, they were just muscle. And 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 their biggest hit was uh was on the fo- the album after because Annie up. Oh yeah, Annie up. I don't know. I, I guess they were. I guess they were just too too street. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, they weren't really for the radio. I mean, they got on the radio with Four Long Blaze because you know they had that Jay Z verse on it. And Annie Up got on the radio because Flex was on it. Oh, Flex, yeah. Flex had a lot to do with that, probably. Yeah, and also you know Four Long Blaze has that um the Rocky sample. Can't miss right. that. Nope, not at all. Nah, not a not a bad pick. Yo, shout out to MOP Brownsville, Brooklyn. First family. Um. Now I know that y'all make the joke. You and QG said I'm not allowed to go to Queensbridge, <laughs> but I gotta go to Queensbridge with the next one. And you see, for those of y'all out there who tell me, "Oh, you talk about MC Shen, oh, you clown MC Shen, yada yada yada," listen, I'm about to give Queensbridge all the love in the world right now, cause um, <laughs> and going back to '96, excuse me, going back to 1996, uh, I think Big Noid episodes of a hustler is is very underrated. Now hey. I know Eric that this does not fall into your line of proper albums because of the, track, <laughs> the number of tracks and the length. It's only 11 songs, 39 minutes, but yep. uh, I, I think this is underrated. And, and you know what? I feel like if this album was longer, it wouldn't be as good. Um, top to bottom, all the songs, um, they they hit. And it's just like, I would say this. For Big Noid, it was always going to be hard. It was always going to be hard for him to shine because he was always under Mob Deep's shadow, you know? Mm-hmm. But this album... And, and you, you could kind of say that this is like a continuation of a Mob Deep album or he's in the family of Mob Deep because Havoc produced most of the album. Mm-hmm. And the only songs that Havoc didn't produce was 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 um the I, I Don't Want to Love Again, the remix. And um, the Usual Suspect remix with Stretch Armstrong. By the way, that's my favorite song on the album. Um, Usual Suspect, the Stretch Armstrong remix. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Use a Suspect, Soldier Suspect. But, um, yo, and this is my only beef with the album, right? On the original version of Usual Suspect, Prodigy raps towards the end of the song, but the song fades out. And you mm-hmm. maybe only hear like five, five or six words out of Prodigy. And that pissed me off because I'm like, wait a minute, where, where, wait, 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 where, where, where's the rest of the verse? And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I got a little biased because when I listen to Mob Deep, Pro- Prodigy is my favorite member of Mob Deep, but they keep his verse in, in, intact, in, to- in, in full, on the, on the Stretch Armstrong remix. But oh man, this, this album came out in December of '96, a month after uh, Hell on Earth, mm. and you, could, and you, you could hear the, 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 the Hell on Earth influence in um in 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 this album so and big noid has always been a good rapper to me i just and i felt like he would have blown up if if you know see it's a it's a double-sided coin because had he not been hanging out with mob deep would anybody have given a fuck about big noid to begin with true true. but i feel like that also keeps him in the shadows so and uh, the promotion wasn't strong on this because I actually don't remember no videos, no commercials, no magazine cuts, nothing. Yeah, he actually, Notice. that's a good point, too. Like, the album came out on Tommy Boy, and uh, in 1996, Tommy Boy's weird because I don't even think the De La Soul Stakes is High album that, that dropped a couple months before before that got any play either. Yeah, not on radio. I mean, they were all over like BT Rhapsody because that was a dope video. But that's one thing about Daylight; they knew how to make a video. Yeah, and and as like you said, this album had no proper singles, so that's interesting because everything in the '90s, like you could go to the record store and if you didn't want to buy the whole album, you could buy the, the the single on a CD 
and it would have like three or four different versions of the same song in the instrumental. Yep, yep. So this that's that's and it didn't chart well either. It made it to 50, number fifty nine on the rap chart. <laughs> Maybe there was people like me who just looked at it as an EP because it had eleven songs. Yeah, man. And by the way, if it don't got at least fifteen tracks, don't send it to Rev because he he'll tell you it's not <laughs> an album. Yo, shout out to T.O. because when we was on that Mob Deep episode, I actually kind of uh, dropped a little gem there saying that this uh, Big Noid album had paved the way for albums to be under 40 minutes. And he caught that there. Gave me a nice little pop. Shout out to him. Oh, yeah, true. And this album is 39 minutes, but it but it, it goes hard, though. So, oh, yeah. Um, And it is on the streaming services. So y'all could go um, y'all could go check it out. But yeah, man, this this follows the Mob Deep formula because Havoc produced the whole thing. The only feature, Prodigy features four times on the fucking album, so <laughs> we, we could call it a Mob Deep Junior album. No, no knock to Big Noy. <laughs> Word up. All right, E, number three for you. Ooh, man. Now, this right here is a beautiful, beautiful way of how you can use a sample and make some songs. AZ, Asiatic, Staying in Brooklyn. There's just so many soul samples on this album, and it just makes it such a smooth listen to. Want to be there? Amazing sample there. It's very uh, kind of jazz influence on this album. A lot of nice instruments they use there. Um, fan mail, which was really dope. Nice soul sample there too. Az's reading a bunch of fan mail that he had got, and I like it because you hear him like like shifting through the letters. So it sounds like like he's really taking these people's letters and reading it, but he's making it into rhymes. Um, I'm back was the main single there. Had a nice little um good good sample there too as well. A1 performance, which started the album off, put it on a good note. And the essence with Nas. And that is one of, in my opinion, one of their best songs that they did. I know everyone thinks about Life's a Bitch, but the essence was one of the strongest songs they did, man. They went back and forth, compared themselves to Hagler and Hearns. I'm not mistaken. Um, Mr. Marvin Hagler just recently passed away. R.I.P. He, he passed. Uh, at, at time. Yeah, he died, he died this weekend, man. R.I.P. Man. Big up, big up. So yeah, you got they got that comparison there to uh, Hagler and Hearns. They actually said it in the chorus. And um, the only song I actually didn't like was um, it was a bonus cut. Doing me it is a little too commercial for my liking. But the rest of the album, oh, Hustler, of course. He, that was a little posse cut. He had the uh, Quiet Money Squad there. That was um pretty smooth listen to a, a lot of a good soul samples there. That's how you how you use some samples there on this one. It was a smooth listen. And um was 14 songs, 46 minutes. So it was not too long there, you know, under an hour. But definitely something that I like to bump to this day. Is it... uh? Is it? Does it count as an uh, album in your book? <laughs> it does. It got fourteen songs, and um, there is a couple of tracks that I kind of do skip over. Um, "Take Care of Me" wasn't one of my favorites. There it actually has like that influence of um, because it came out in two thousand and two, and um, I'm kind of picky on albums that come after two thousand. I feel like a lot of the albums trying to experiment with like new sound and new like um structures of songs and stuff and take care of me to me was just like one of those ones i was trying to be a little too clubbish that's uh something that i i, I skip over okay okay but everything else is is, is great is um want to be there is one of my favorite joints there man that's a beautiful soul sample on it i hear you give no, kanye me... a run for his money on that let me ask you um is the album available to stream for the people? Yeah, most definitely. Definitely is available to stream. I was actually just checking up on it earlier. Definitely there. Because um, what I use, I have, um, I'm pretty old school. I have uh, my MP3s, which I import into my iPhone. I do have Spotify as well, just for the new stuff, though. Right. Now, I'm the same way. Uh, I, I'm a little, I guess I'm a little bit more old school because I actually, the new MacBooks, they don't have a disk drive. So I bought a yeah. disk drive for my MacBook. Put the CD in there, import that bitch in iTunes, and then plug up my phone. I feel so, that. Yeah, actually, uh, there's a couple of CDs I had to buy because I couldn't find it on um, streaming service or torrent. So I go to the old desktop and import it through the library there. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you, man. Like, I know this is off topic, but like I said, if God ever decided to shut down Apple, Spotify, or uh, or title, I'd be okay. Yeah, same. I got Can't- a lot of MP3s. 
Can't discover nothing new, but I'll be all right. <laughs> Word all right. up. I guess it's back on me. So, uh, speaking of CDs, you know what I like to do, right? What's that? I like to dig in crates looking for records, man. And when I found this record, oh, I was impressed. So, we're going to go to the Bronx. Um, I'm going to pick Full Scale by Showing AG. Ooh, good pick. Now, before people jump up in arms, there are two versions of Full Scale. There's the Full Scale EP, which only got five songs, but I'm talking about the LP, which has all five songs from the EP, plus mm. ten, ten extra songs. Listen, Look at this track listing, bro. Uh, by the way, on the LP, the second song, Drop It Heavy with KRS. Oh, yeah. One, nasty. Nasty. I remember the remix to that. That was dope. There's a remix to that? Yeah, with a different beat. But all, all the same artists. Uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think they threw Big L on the remix. Or that might have been a, a Napster add-on uh, verse there. But I remember the remix thoroughly because uh, Pun and KRS, they ate that track. And then you have Dignified Soldiers featuring Ooh, Big L, Lord Finesse, yeah. and OC. And then, the Dignified so- and then the Dignified Soldiers remix. Jesus Christ. Word. Like, man, this... This album was dope. And then look at the production, man. Like, and, and it's funny because, like, the production, like, showing AG produced the whole thing by themselves, bro. Wow. I mean, Lord Finesse produced one track. But other than that, they produced the whole thing by themselves. And it's funny because when you think of digging in the crates, it's like Fat Joe is, like, the, the only one that, like, ever reached mainstream heights. You know what I mean? Not yeah. to say that the rest of them was whack, but like showing AG, Diamond D, like only the hardcore hip hop heads was listening to them. Mm-hmm. And then of course Fat Joe went from digging in the crates to Terror Squad and he never looked back. And then you got Big L who who died way too soon. Did to, to not even make a mark even though, you know, did um Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous was a dope album, but it it, it didn't get as much like in hindsight it was a great album, but Back when it first came out, ain't nobody was checking for that because people are ignorant. But nah, man, like I'm surprised they um that they handled most of the production there because they have an all star lineup of producers with Lord Finesse and Diamond D. Yeah, so that's impressive. That's yeah, that's true. And 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 the funny thing is, if you check Diamond D's um, if you check and it's funny because if you check Diamond D's first album, um, he produced that majority by himself. Wow. That's so I, I don't know why they was I don't know why they was I don't know why they wasn't utilizing each other, but I mean, hey, if you could if you could do that, then word and shout out to Party Artie, rest in peace to him, man. Oh yeah, R.I.P. Man, he was down with this crew, D.I.T.C., and he'd do a lot of features with these guys. And uh, if y'all and while we on it, if y'all ever get to check out Diamond D's uh, stunts, blunts, and hip hop, Show and A.G. are all over that. So word. And Dime Piece. Dime Piece is one of my favorite joints from Diamond D. Oh, yeah. Most definitely, man. Like, now, D-I-T-C, they they put out some good music. I just wish they would have, you know, been more of a cohesive unit, but. Yeah, they're super slept on. That was a good pick. Yeah, man, but showing AG full scale, like, if y'all like lyricism, I know we in the wrong day and age to be talking about lyricism, but (laughs) that's what people like me and you like. If you like lyricism, that album, Full Scale LP, I mean, I know people going to be like, yo, yo, Alfred, you stuck in the 90s, man. Yeah, I'm stuck in the 90s because the music was fucking good, all right? <laughs> Word up. All right, you next, bro. Number four. Uh, and here we go. So yeah, these are some trendsetters right here, man. And if you don't know, man, you better do your homework. Camp Low, Uptown Saturday Night. You know, uh, I've. it's funny you mentioned that because... It's hard for me to find new albums I haven't heard before, like to add to my collection because I have almost everything I could ever want. But I keep seeing that people telling me I should buy that album, but I've oh never. Oh my god! Just I... so, just for the album cover alone, you should have it. Now that like, is a funky album cover. Yeah, now that you could see that joint from a mile away, man. That album cover that was the um, it paid homage to Marvin Gaye's "I Want You," which uh, was featured was a the Sugar Shack painting was featured on Marvin Gaye's album. So they kind of uh, took that joint and 
put themselves on it and with the backdrop of everybody dancing that's kind of what attracted me to this album was the album cover i remember back in 97 i was shopping at good old coconuts and i seen this and then i saw lucini i'm like oh man yeah that's with the video with the two dudes and they was doing a heist robbing a bank and had a funky beat so i picked that joint up and that was one of my favorites of of, of that year and that's another one where i could kind of just uh go through all the 15 tracks on there just front to back one one word i would describe it is funky this had like such an ill sound and it was produced by ski beats and a lot of people who may not know but um you know ski beats did jay-z's reasonable doubt so there was a, a small bit of beef there between the two artists because ski beats was trying to juggle both and distribute the beats between between both of them lucini almost went to jay-z but camp low actually wound up with lucini which is good because, you know, it gave these guys notoriety and just the way that these guys were, you know, going back and forth on the track was was just impeccable, man. You know, what I mean, Jay-Z might have held it down on his own, but it was refreshing to hear these two just going back and forth on this track. And um, another joint they had was with the single um, Black Nostaljack, a.k.a. Come On. And if I'm not. Yeah, yeah they had the good times. Um, the video was based off good times. And, you know, they're wearing a lot of retro 70s gear with the bell bottoms and the afros and everything. And this whole album, man, was just like a trip to the 70s and a trip to that time period, man. And just a lot of flavor. You could just tell just straight off the album cover with all the colors and everything. Another one of my favorite tracks is uh, B-Side to Hollywood featuring my man True Goy from uh, De La Soul. And they killed that joint, man. This whole album pretty much was, once again, just a good playthrough there. And um, they actually had comparisons to Diggable Planets, which I could kind of see. But these guys were like more of on an East Coast flavor of that. And they originally named, they were originally were named the Lost Boys. And um, they, oh, were told, yeah. they, they should have had, you know, they got to change that name. Really. Yeah, they were told to change the name and then they changed their name to CeeLo. And then they found out about uh, CeeLo Green and Goody Mob. Oh, so God. they had to change their name again, and that's when they stuck with Camp Low. But yeah, man, this is definitely uh, a classic there. Man, if y'all collect CDs like Alfred, I, I advise y'all to get this just for the cover alone, man, because it's just funky, it's catchy. You know, and then the music, the music is great too. You know, these guys don't get a lot of uh, proper respect or do. I don't know how or why they fly under the radar. These are you know, one of the best um, duos of that time period. Um, their next album did come in 2000. Again, five-year hiatus, but 97, Uptown Saturday Night, that was on a lot of people's tape deck. Nah, I might have to check that out. I, I hope they're not like Diggable Planets, because Diggable Planets thought they was insects, but... <laughs> yeah, nah, these guys, these guys might have thought they was from the 70s or something, but not insects. Gotcha, gotcha. Um... This next album, a lot of people might scratch their heads and be like, who or what? But um, I'm going to go with my man's Ray Cash, Cash on Delivery. Oh, man, I like that joint. Do you remember the, the, the biggest hit off that album? Bumping my music. Man. Listen to my music. This is my music. Absolutely. Ooh, I love that song. Like, the man paid, the man paid homage to so many rap other rappers in that uh yeah. Scarface in that song my man said uh i'm a ho players club ice cube and master p oh man man i know you like um sex appeal pimping my own mind oh of course that's of the first course. single i heard from that album actually which made me buy it and it's crazy because and and this is always this is always a, a contested debate a lot of people say like when when the source and double xl do these freshman album covers a lot of these rappers who end up on those freshman covers they never really amount to nothing and mm -hmm. it's kind of true with ray cash because ray cash was being bigged up by double xl so so much prior to this album not only did the album not sell but ray cash i can't even say he fell off because he was never on to fall off you know what i mean yeah but like this this album is just so good it like bump up my music him and scarface even the beat for that like, oh man, she a G, dope game, pussy Those ass are my favorites with, with uh with Pastor Troy, Bundy oh yeah, 
he had better way with Beanie Siegel. Yeah. Like smoking and leaning was my joint too. Smoking and leaning was cool. Like dope game was cool. Yeah, great beat on that. Like I don't, and the music is so good. So I don't, and this is back in like 2006. Yep. And you know what the funny thing is, like you and I, we both played our fair share of video games back in the day. I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever played NFL Street Two. Oh yeah. This song was in NFL Street Two. It was the main song of Street Two. Mm. So. Oh man, like I don't understand. Like and like everybody, like and even some of the most hip hop head, like even some of the most knowledgeable hip hop heads I've talked to, I'll bring up, yo, you ever heard Ray Cash? They'd be like, who? And like I showed them like the album cover. They're like, nah, we don't know that nigga <laughs> from Cleveland. Yeah, he's from yeah, man. Because the only niggas from Cleveland is Bone, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and King Cuddy. So so it's just like. But this album is so slept on, and I wish people would just give it the time of day. You know what I mean? Like, and again, he came out in an era where bubblegum rap was was the was the big thing. Yup. Like, and it was so refreshing to see a lyricist in an era of girl shake that laughing tappy and oh, oh I think she liked me. Oh yeah, QG loves those songs, right? Oh, those, yo, <laughs> yo, Q, I know you listening to this, so. Uh, we ain't forget, man. You shaking know, his head. <laughs> we we know we know you down with V4L, but uh, we got to do an episode on those just to get a reaction out of him. That'd be dope. But um, yeah, man, like Ray Cash. I don't know how, I don't know how he just slipped through the cracks and like and and again, Double XL at the time was uh, that and the Source were like the two big rap magazines, and he was yeah. all over Double XL for months. Mm-hmm. So I I just don't know how he fell through the cracks with even like. Some of the dopest of of hip hop heads don't know who he is, and it's crazy because I bought that album. I'll never forget. It was in the clearance bin in Target one day. Mm. I went to talk, like I, like yo. I'll never forget. I I vividly remember this day. Nivlac probably don't because it's not significant to him. But I was in high school. I was in like the eleventh grade, and like Nivlac and the rest of the dudes, they used to go to this park called Fifty Ones in Park Slope to go play ball. Right. And they and I was supposed to go with him, and I'm like, man, you know what? I'm gonna just go to the mall downtown and just go chill. Mm. And I went to the Target in Atlantic Center, and this album was in the bargain bin. I will never forget it. I bought the shit for three ninety nine. Wow, good pickup. Yeah, I, I I never forget that day. That was the same day I bought Straight Outta Compton, the 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 twentieth anniversary edition. That was in the bargain bin too for five ninety nine. I Damn. still the crazy shit is that I still have that NWA CD, and this the 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 clearance sticker is still on the case. Oh snap! But um, but yeah, man, like that that Ray Cash album, and it was the only copy of that Ray Cash album in there. I don't, and and the funny thing is, I remembered it because I had played NFL Street Two a couple of years before, and I remembered the song when I looked at the back of the uh, of the cover, and I'm like, oh, this is the guy from NFL Street. So, <laughs> and you know, this I had to rely on memory because this was before a time where. You know, niggas didn't have no smartphones, or or if you had a smartphone, you ain't had no unlimited data, and streaming wasn't a thing yet, so it's not like I could have pulled up the song. Right. But, oh, man, yo. Yeah, I got all them joints off LimeWire, because I remember I bumped um, She's a G, and I got uh-huh. I caught that one off LimeWire there, and then um, Smoking and Leaning came up, Wake Up Cleveland, um, dope game, which was one of my favorite joints from his with his song, but um, I do remember bumping my music. I remember it was uh, that was all over BET, but um, yeah, the sex, video, sex the appeal. <laughs> the video, the video for bumping my music wasn't bad neither. Word, and you know, you had mentioned um, pussy ass niggas with Pastor Troy. I actually thought that was a Pastor Troy song. Really? Yeah, yeah, because um, you know, he's all over the hook, and you know, back then Pastor Troy had beef with a lot of people. A dude named Miracle. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he had beef with Master P. Oh so, yeah. So um, that, so yeah. That's so why, this that's why my uh, that's why my opinion of Pastor Troy is not too high. <laughs> Even with the WCW belt in his videos, you didn't like that? Hell no. Talk about <laughs> we ready? Like, <laughs> shut your mouth, man. Sit down. Ice cream. Yeah. You lucky. You lucky. The Colonel didn't handle you. <laughs> yeah, but I remember hearing that song, and I didn't know it was a Ray Cash song. I thought it was a Pastor Troy song. So in uh, the midst of my LimeWire downloads, I actually labeled it Pastor Troy featuring Ray Cash and Bun B. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, great man. Album. Like, nah, okay. very, very great album. Um, all right, E, your your fifth and final. All right, 
is my last one. And this right here came out in 2011. Fonte, Charity Starts at Home. Now, we did an episode talking about, you know, healing from music. I don't know if I had mentioned this album or any of the cuts on there. If I didn't, shame on me. But this album is one of the best introspective albums that were dropped, like, in decades. And it had one of my favorite verses of all time there with um, featuring Pharaoh Monch. Uh, we go off with Fonte's verse. I had um, clamored that that was a verse of the year that year. But, yeah, this album is a very, very, very mature, mature listen. Uh, Ninth Wonder is prominently on this. It does sound a little bit Little Brother-ish, even though Fonte and them had uh, disbanded uh, in the mid-2000s there. But had a lot of um, good content. Not Here Anymore featuring Elzai. You know, they touch on a lot of topics as far as, you know, um, not being around, you know, for their families or people who have left them. Um, Fonte does some singing. I know you would appreciate that oh, along the album. <laughs> Gonna be a beautiful night. He does hit the high note there. One of my favorite songs is Ball and Chain. He talks about relationship issues. And that's one thing with Fonte, man. You'll get a lot of uh, talk about relationship issues on um, on his albums there. He's not scared to touch on that. I know, like, you know, a lot of people out there could relate to stuff like that you know the good fight it's another good joint there um the outro who loves you more that's very 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 uh personal song there he talks about his struggles with his weight talk about his struggles with his health um talks about his struggles with his family and yeah man this album's uh 12 songs 42 minutes you know sometimes you know i get on like these artists for uh making short uh works but I felt like this was like, it was perfect. It shouldn't have been a minute more. It shouldn't have been a minute less. It delivered. Um, also, I forgot to mention The Life of Kings with evidence at Big Crit. That's when um, Big Crit kind of started getting his name out, you know, in the um, early 2010s. And he killed it, man. He was on there, delivered a solid, solid, solid verse. But yeah, check that out, man. Charity starts at home. It definitely, uh, 2011 was a rough time for me. I was just getting back on my feet from being homeless. And this right here would uplift me, man. Fonte's words definitely gave me some motivation, man. So big up to him. Shout out to Little Brother Crew. Charity Starts at Home, man. Check that one out. And, of course, that's available on the streaming as well, right? Yes, sir. All right. So my my fifth and final, I'm going to come back to Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Um, Now, I know... This might be a controversial take because some people might say this is not an underrated album because the rapper is... But I feel like the rapper himself is underrated too, but I'm going to go with uh, Before the Money by Joey Badass from 2015. Okay. His first yeah. album. Because like everybody will talk about Kendrick and Cole yep. and 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 like... I feel like... I mean, I put Wale in that category too is in terms of lyrics. I know QG would beg to differ. But I feel like Joey Badass is up there with them as far as lyricism is concerned. And I feel like all of Pro Era doesn't get as much as much respect as they should. Like I feel like Nick Caution and CJ Fly and Kirk Knight, all, the whole, all of them just don't yeah, get enough credit. But Joey, like this first album, like I know I know he had a 1999, but that was a mixtape and you know my rule, mixtapes don't count. But um <laughs> Nah, this Before the Money album, bro, I feel like it's tough. And feature-wise, he only has one major name or one non-pro-era name um, on a feature, and that's uh, Action Bronson. But, like, the production is on point. He's got cuts from Static Selective. By the way, shout-outs to Static Selective because he uh, he gave us that shout-out on, uh, on Instagram, and that man didn't have to. But uh, right. So shout-outs to Static Selective. Um, but, but even like, look at, look at the, like, look at everything background wise, like the producers, uh, he has DJ premier on here. Uh, he had a, he had a Jay Dilla beat, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, he had hit boy who, as we know, now produces for Nas. He had Kirk Knight. He had the roots produced for him and static selector. Like those are names. Like if you, if, if, if I never heard any, any tracks on this album and you said that's who produced it. I'd be like, all right, cool. That's a decent production team. 
Um, the label didn't help because he's on cinematic. Cinematic's only known for pro era and Mac Miller music, so mm. go figure. But nah, the the track listing though, bro, like Save the Children is a good is a good introduction song. Paper yeah. Trails is dope. Uh Big Dusty, Hayes' View. Yeah. Uh, I like, like Hayes' View. Like me with BJ the Chicago Kid. Now, where have we heard that name before? If you listen to Schoolboy <laughs> Q, you would know who BJ the Chicago Kid is. So yeah. Only Child Blues. That's Blues one of my that's one of my favorites too. And then um of course uh Curry Chicken produced by Static Selector. Oh, yeah. um, and the album is just has like a whole nineties vibe to it, like a whole a whole throwback vibe. A mature part, yeah. Very mature sounding too of nineties. And that's that's why I like Pro Era, you know what I mean? Like that's why I always took to their music because they have this 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 1990s jazz rap type vibes. Like I feel like I'm listening to like Tribe almost, in, as far as their beat selection is concerned. And then the kids, all them kids have got lyrics. Yeah, all of them. that whole crew, man, thorough man. Like they release a lot of stuff. Check them joints out on, on you know your streaming service. But they are all heavy hitters, man. Lyrically, especially, man. These guys definitely could spit. And and this album, for those of y'all who actually want it physically, um, it's available out there for cheap. The album is like six bucks on like Amazon, so uh, it's not a bad, it's not it's not a bad investment, man. Like, I always like, wondered why it was so cheap that album. I mean, when you want people to listen to your music, I guess you got to make it available. But good move. Yeah, man. And even even Black the slept on track Black Beatles, man. And shout out to Chuck Strangers. Another member of Pro Era who produced that man, like I don't, I don't have nothing bad to say at all. Um, so that's five between me and five between you. You think we did a good job on this list? I think so, man. I hope the listeners go and check out some of these albums, man, and let us know, man. Let us know how you feel. Personally, I feel like y'all wouldn't be disappointed by any of these choices. Yeah, and um, if anybody out there, y'all want to add some albums to the list and maybe put us on the stuff we never heard of. You know the the DM hard, the D, the DM on Instagram is wide open. So word up. All right, e, anything you want to say to the people before we get out of here? Yeah, everybody stay safe. You know you still got this virus floating around. Y'all keep y'all masks on. Take y'all vitamins. Get y'all immune systems built. We ain't out of this, but hopefully it's the home stretch. You know. We'll see what happens through the course of time. But, you know, do what's right for your families. Do what's right for yourselves. Stay up, bro. Stay blessed. Absolutely. And just to add on to that, uh, wear your mask, social distance when when you have to. um, And wash your hands. And if you can, uh, they make Clorox, Lysol wipes. Use them. Word. Keep everybody safe. Keep yourself safe and stay healthy. And um, we'll see you next week. Peace.